Welcome. I know how eager you all are for us to have stories, but I'm I'm still waiting on Kills to show up. We, we, you know, it was an exciting weekend. I spent the last several days, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, with Etherzar at BaseCon, and um, we posted one of the videos from that uh, weekend. My my, you see, Etherzar, our AK Hans. Um, helping me with class, teaching you about alt history. And I'm realizing this is, we're going to do tonight what we killed tonight, kind of planned to do last week, but we never got there because we ended up talking about the atomic bomb. This is all going to be topical and it's all going to make absolute sense. We promise. Then I'm going to play the intro video because Kilts isn't here yet anyway. And you'll still get, get me back in a minute. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. Yeah, it's still me. Um, so <laughs> vampires sometimes have, have you know, they, they, they need waking up. And, you know, since she's on the all, all the way on the other side of the world, I'm, I'm, there's only so much I can do. So, well, how was BaseCon? Um, a shout out to Rob Crozy for putting together yet another wonderful panel. We had, we had, as you'll see from the video uh, this year, we were no longer at Ren Fair, which I was actually a little sad about because I like, I like doing my, you know, juggling act to act on on no it's I, I don't juggle but I that it was it was a really wonderful um, weekend and the nicest thing about it which those who tried, you know, tried to worry about as seen on NPC news or whichever one of those um, magazines got a little excited about the idea that we were going to have a dangerous space con. It was all completely positive. Now we did do, we did do, and this is, this is uh, to a certain degree topical for tonight's storytelling. We did do some panels um, and one plenary as it were on being canceled and what we would like to share with you tonight is a cautionary tale about what not to do <laughs> um, when you're canceled. But for the most part, I'm sure you will be shocked and horrified to hear BaseCon is about how to tell stories, how to tell good stories. And um, I was on several panels. I was on um, panel on graphic 
uh, graphic novels or illustrated stories and comic books, technically, right? We call them graphic novels. It gets all fancy and, and hoity-toity. But in, in, in fact, it's storytelling with pictures. Um, I was also on the panel about being canceled, which we can we can talk about, uh, on a panel about superheroes and the supernatural and how to include those stories. Oh, right. And a panel on Kickstarter, uh, being kick, doing Kickstarters, which, as aficionados of the Mosaic Arc will know, is, you know, we, we ran our first successful Kickstarter. We're still working on figuring out how to do uh, the, the layout and the and the design for um, Act One with Draco Chemicus because it's 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 a bit more challenging than simply laying out centrism games or writing Christian poetry was. Um, Colleen, a, a formerly Hand Drawn Bear, had some expert help from her artist community, and we are now having to to go solo on this and, and learn how to do it. But we promise, we promise. Draco Chemicus Act One is drawn, written, and in production, and we will be um, bringing you new updates soon about exactly when to expect um, the actual volume. Um, we do have, and I did so. I did do you know a rousing trade at uh, BaseCon in hard copies of both Aurora Borealis and um, writing Christian poetry. And I noticed from Hans's based con book sale uh, uh, scorecard, we, 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 we sold some copies of Centrism Games too. So we, we're, we're building the poetry community out there. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, so, and we've been working on this, 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 this is your news update from me, right? The Talking Head news update. Um, we're working on a variety of things to help people think about what it means to be writing poetry and and also why to read our books. We have uh, a, a pitch that we've been developing for Rory Alice that we think is is perhaps a little less cryptic than our, our usual setup. And we're going to be, over the next few months, hopefully putting together some sort of study guides. Um, we've gotten... Feedback from people for our our Aurora Borealis promotional work, saying you know having study guides makes it feel like it in school. But on the other hand, some other people find having the study guides somewhat more um, comforting because it it suggests you know sort of ways into the story, which is obviously what we're all about here um, in um, our our sailing with you. So so there's that. Um, but I did. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to report that you know. Copies of Aurora Borealis were flying off the book sale table, as were copies of Writing Christian Poetry, which we should probably do a proper episode on now that the the book is actually out. And I'm I'm if those those of you who are in it, um, my students um, will should be getting your author copy soon, and you know you can buy it now already in um, hardcover off of Amazon, also ebook. Um, right, so. Um, I suppose I suppose I could sit here and, and take any questions. We've got several of you watching in unauthorized, and I'd be I'd be happy to take questions, or I can just leap in on the the story that we were going to be telling and and um, 
No, I'd, I'd, I'd rather wait for kilts to show up. So let's, let's do some questions. Does anybody have, have further detailed questions, things you'd like me to talk about? I can also check in Telegram and see what, what people are up to there. Get in here at story time. Well, we have Mel saying aloha. Oh, and, and now I am no longer alone. Thank goodness. Are you ready to come on, my dear? Okay, you're you're on. <laughs> okay, so oh, I was great. just I was just giving them. I so I always feel so much better when you're here. <laughs> I do not. I am. Thank you. I am dreading. No, it's like it's like poor Hans, right? When I I can't do lectures by myself anymore at BaseCon. I'm just like Hans, you have to help me because I I ain't doing this on my own anymore. <laughs> it's, it's too much fun having having the the dialogue, right? Oh, I love it. For, I, for I'm all sorry, of those I, convinced... I apologize for being late. I'm um, sorry, class. <laughs> this is this is this is decades of training, right? I have to start class on time. It's 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 I'm constitutionally mm. incapable of, of not starting on time. Um but this I you know, I'm gonna I'm 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 going to be back in the classroom in, in two weeks or so and you know it's it's a heavy thing to do all by yourself, right? Although then I actually have like a room full of people, so I get to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> there's no void <laughs> there's no there's no talking into the void right and yes and for all of those who 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 worry that you know i, I this is the rachel rachel is just you know full full of herself as professor and wants to talk all the time you recognize how i am no good without my my um co-host so here you go no you uh Okay, that makes me happy. <laughs> so, You're necessary. Get in here. <laughs> I, oh, my light's doing some strange things. Um, You're, yeah, this is this. Uh, so I'm actually in dark, and you're in daytime. But if, you know, the light, the 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 faux light in our in our studio set is is reversed. You look you look fine though. It's it's fine. Um, no, because it, it was just it was all happening. Um, yeah, we missed you. Why did you? <laughs> You've gone away on an adventure to BaseCon, and uh, I had FOMO. I was—I'm not going to lie—I had FOMO. Although Hans, Hans was amazing. So you know, we love our Ithazar. Mm. I was very happy to see uh, to see him up there after having survived his cancel. <laughs> yes, well, his cancel crusade. Yeah, I, I thought we'd we'd talk about being canceled and what not to do tonight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you saying? You had FOMO. What? Oh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, yes. Yeah. See, seeing me with Hans instead of you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Well, and and he and he and I were actually in the but same I, room. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have no idea how amazing it is that you're all in the same continent. Even it's like. Uh, I'm constantly looking up at everybody from down here, kind of going, please, hi, please, I want to, well, so what I, what I, the, we're just doing meta right now. It's like, what what I like about watching our, our videos together is it does feel like we're actually in the same place, which I suppose we are in the sense that we're both here in the internet. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that, that we, the girls have worked so hard in our tech that it's actually according to one of our comment common commentators on my my video with hans um we our tech is our or ordinary tech here in the mosaic arc is better 
than the 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 professional tech that we had set up for basecon which actually had like multiple mics and everything so it's it was somewhat bigger deal than we can pull off (laughs) but but i think yeah we didn't have the lights we didn't have the camera focused correctly it was it's this we we're we're doing better here girl tech for the win girl tech for the win (laughs) um well I think it was great, but I know that you had uh, <laughs> you had an admirer that was not happy with the lack of RFB in the middle of the frame. <laughs> I could have stood so up and just put myself in front year. of the camera like one of the 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 guys did. He he would he he showed his chops right. He like just stood in front in front of where they had the camera set up on a little dolly or something right, and he just stood right in front of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I wanted Hans to have some <laughs> camera time too. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes um what are we talking about today well so i i'm i am as um may have come out in the uh the chatter (laughs) the between panel chatter uh at basecon which actually got caught on the mic so if you if you if you watch a little bit of the whole thing you'll you'll notice that there were things i wasn't saying yet about alt history that I'm, I'm obviously sufficiently nervous about that. I will say in, in other contexts and then realize it's soon, 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 this is going to be the talk of the, the talk of the internets. And, uh-huh. um, you know, the, 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 can- the cancellations are, are going to, I hope, you know, I hope not us. Right. They, but, but cancellations mm. are on everybody's mind mm. a lot. <clears throat> Yes, <laughs> I'll do some more intro. So we, we, oh, no, yeah. we had we had a so we had one of the plenary speakers. I say plenary in the sense that you know there were three of us, and you got like your own slot as opposed to a panel with with lots of discussion with with fellow conference attendees. Um, we had um, one of the plenaries on a uh, uh, Blaine Pardo being canceled by his publisher for being harassed which was very puzzling. <laughs> He's explaining mm-hmm. how, you know, this, this one person uh, in, 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 a, in the guise of a completely different person. It's like the, 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 the mask that with this um, stalker was wearing was of a younger, young woman, um, apparently lesbian and a nurse. And it turns out that the person sending out the, the emails and the harassment and, and building it up so that his publisher got really nervous was, in fact, more like a 40-year-old man pretending to be a 30 30- year <laughs> <laughs> What a weird old. <laughs> and, and it was just like, we're all just sitting there as he's telling this horror story of, you know, being stalked and canceled and stuff for nothing that he did by a person who was clearly you know simply getting attention i it, it one worries one one does worry about mm-hmm. the way the inter the, the world of the internet the demons of the, <laughs> the light waves mm. um play out and and then and then he the, okay he was the one who actually stood properly in front of the camera so if you watch his video it's it's, it's he's in in frame um, but we also had a whole panel on being canceled and Hans, Hans in other contexts had talked about how he had his Kickstarter for his wise at heart and then was canceled. And then it went back up on fund my comic. Mm-hmm. I hope that's the right, um, 
uh, thing platform. Yeah, I think yeah. it was fun money. Fun, yeah, fun yeah. Um, and came back on, but then we had yet another panel. I mean, we are based con, so you know, and and Rob, who was organized it, had to talk about how when um, the 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 internet's found out that John Carmack was going to appear, although John didn't get to show up in person because the planes canceled him. <laughs> he never got he never got out of Texas um, to to show up in person, so he had to do his his on um, on a Zoom call. Um, but when the internet's got wind of of Carmack's coming, started creating tweets and and concern and and saying you know. What are they going? What are they going to talk about at BasedCon? Mm -hmm. it, it it must be terrifying. Uh, there was a lot of gaming. There was a lot of snacks, storytelling mm -hmm. about urban fan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, you, you, terrifying snacks. The ter <laughs> the snacks were ter. The the Hans took tweeted a picture out of you know the the aftermath of the snacks. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of that. Um, Travis Corcoran told stories about being canceled um, for tweeting one or two things and having police show up on his doorstep. And, it, you know, pro tip, if the police show up on your doorstep, spend as long as you have to saying, I'm not talking to my lawyer shows up. <laughs> this mm -hmm. was useful in Massachusetts, apparently. Um, and as as the the panel is going down the line, we're, we're coming to me. I think I was third or fourth in this in this particular sequence and i was thinking which what shall i say <laughs> which which of my many stories of being canceled mm -hmm. and and um yeah harassed and trolled and <laughs> tweeted at which, uh -huh. which shall i include <laughs> there are so many <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> You should just go by yeah, <laughs> or play cancel bingo. Well, so just it's go been going the on a while. Potential cancellation, right? You know, yeah. my my alt yeah. story starting in 2015 with three cheers for white men, which got some people's attention in 2016, and then becoming friends with Milo and blogging about him, and then still blogging yes. about him and being canceled when he was canceled, and then. <laughs> And that's just the first episode, <laughs> right? That was season one. That was season one. Okay, so season season one of cancel culture was uh, pushing back against those who would say, uh, "Hey, hey, ho, ho!" Western Civ has got to go. Which in 2015 was mm -hmm. still being, you know, the sort of white was was new on the horizon as a way to describe um, European culture. It, it's take it's taken on other other colors since then. <laughs> mm. we know right so my three cheers for white men at that point was simply saying you know there are good things about western civilization that particularly women are are ought to be thankful for like you know the the courteous chivalric way in which men behave towards which i will you know report you know the guys at basecon are very chivalrous they keep inviting me back <laughs> Mm -hmm. Rob calls me mother superior of the group, right? And I'm like, is that a good thing no. or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> okay, so that was that was you know that was prelude, right, to to season one, which mm -hmm. was um, well, one def you know defensive that men behave well towards women, 
that was part one. And then part two of 2016 was whether or not there's such a thing as academic freedom and whether or not we need trigger mm-hmm. warnings and safe spaces and which, you know, the University of Chicago was saying that they didn't. And then there was the dangerous faggot tour. And then there was writing in Breitbart. And then there was the same person who got upset with Three Cheers for White Men talking about how I was now a fascist because I had written in Breitbart. This this sounds so quaint. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long ago. I was a fascist because I said, Milo said positive, happy things about being Christian and having families and not killing your babies. This is all pre-Dobbs v. Jackson, you realize? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, but were, were, were people in, in, in our audience even born at this time? It's so long ago now. Well, some, maybe mm-hmm. some, I don't know. Some of the babies that moms the internet, are listening to. The internet <laughs> generations are slightly smaller than the normal ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed. Well, I, I mean, I, I keep meeting people now. I mean, it's like my undergraduates now who are, you know, first and second years were in middle school when all of this was happening. It's, mm. not, even, it's not even current events as far as they're concerned. Yeah, it's an archaeological dig to the... the uh, the internet cycle. I'm laughing I, because I had no idea any of this was going on around that era. You know, mm. you're going through this intense cancellation period. <laughs> and I just wander in 2019 like, oh, hello, what's happening here? I still Absolutely have to catch you up. I mean, you don't even have my backstory. <laughs> my goodness, you're, you're, you're season three, I think. Or no, wait. Mm, if that <laughs> okay so season season see well it's like i'm not sure that the do we do it by year or by academic year that that's an issue because then 2017 mm. came and if everyone remembers about 2017 um that was charlottesville i mean this is all like pre-january 6th oh yeah right tiki torch gotcha mm-hmm. this this was when richard spencer was still a boogeyman anybody even remember who he is <laughs> he he shows up in e. e Michael Jones's cozy live stream Feb Friday thing, but 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 it, when E Michael Jones is mm. talking about Richard Spencer, he's talking about how stupid Richard Spencer is. because yeah. <laughs> he is. <laughs> so you know, handing out spears to the white boys and saying "Charge the machine gun nest," right? And and they have Spencer going, "Doctor Jones, sorry," you know, it's like. I'm a, it's so long ago. It's so long ago. So there was Char- the, the march in Charlottesville where they um, started off in the Robert E. Lee statue, which I'm not even sure is there anymore. I totally lost track of what even exists. And then... So this this was during the... Was it the summer where they were just pulling statues down left, right, and center in America? This this is the this is the era. I think so. No? Yes. Yes. And so, and, and they were, I mean, I, I, we, we know, I mean, again, 2017 is so long ago. Um, We are now fully aware of the fact that these rallies, these complicated rallies tend to have government help. Mm -hmm. I mean, the police are there to, you know, sort of crowd control and such, but sometimes there's Mm -hmm. guys inside the marches. Mm Mm-hmm. In matching outfits, would that be? <laughs> <laughs> would 
would that be a feature at all <laughs> i don't know it's i'm just having i'm just having a guess here like i think in some context some it says they much... glow in the dark maybe maybe mm. it's because they're wearing those those um light bands right you break them and they they go rainbows when you wear them around your neck or something <clears throat> glowings <laughs> i think those are called yeah okay Oh, they want to rave. Yeah. They want to go to the yeah, rave. They want to be. We want to be in the rave, and so they're there helping out, <laughs> raving. And the same, the same, the same, the same colleague who was really upset with my writing for Breitbart did a post talking about how to how to prove a blog post. Right, this is very important. Blog mm -hmm. post is having a blog post still because blogs blogs were still a thing. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> are blogs even a thing anymore i mean it was kind of old-fashioned even yeah. in 2017 it's survival of the fittest in the blog world <laughs> it always it, al it always was anyway that that she did a blog post warning those of us who teach in my field in medieval studies that if we when we went into the classroom after these this event um mm -hmm. and did not explicitly say we were not white supremacists our students would assume we were like silence meant uh, like don't come in and, and announce i am not a white supremacist your students will assume that you are because you're teaching medieval mm -hmm. european history because some some of the guys at charlottesville used very modern symbol symbols and th therefore, those of us who teach medieval studies need to make sure to not be modern. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Did I have their chronologies mixed up? <laughs> so the, t the talk I gave on I Sunday like on alt history, it's like, you know, you never know when you're in a time travel story. You could be. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they've got a bit of a confusion over which era <laughs> you are. Uh... You medievalists are represented. Well, apparently Vikings, who I'm pretty sure in their imagination are pagans, because these are pre-Christian yeah. Vikings, aren't crusaders mm -hmm. because they're pagans. Mm-hmm. So but somehow white means pagan and Christian and atheist and both medieval and modern and... It's it's a bit of a grab bag. It, it it sounds like yeah okay. It sounds like it sounds like uh like um the IKEA of identities. You know everything's <laughs> just kind of thrown together in a room. We'll say that's white. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's our white room. What's in there? <laughs> some medieval stuff. Some modern stuff. There's a few pagans. Some Christians. It's a real jumble room of art. You know, symbol symbolism up. and artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's anything that's that that, very... that doesn't fit in this in this category because it seems to include everything. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's, it's phenomenally like IKEA. You can just bring anything in, and it's part of the furniture now. <laughs> doesn't matter if it fits or not <laughs> it's in the catalog it has to fit we'll make it fit well this this made it a That's bit difficult strange. for me this is back in 2017 year olds maybe it's, it's mm -hmm. like this is going to be we're going to tease you yet again and never tell you about theophilus we promise no mm. so so in so i did the blog post called how to signal you are not a white supremacist because i thought you know it was important mm -hmm. to signal that i was not a white supremacist <laughs> 
Yes. And it did it work? No. No. No, it got me, it got it got me a lot of tweets. And I went and talked to the police just in case. Yeah. And and uh-huh. and 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 some 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 guys, if you haven't followed my Fancy Barrett prayer archive on Medieval Gate, you're in for a ride. Right? So there was a lot of tweets out there. I, I, I chronicle I didn't find them until twenty the, the May or so of twenty eighteen because I didn't know how to search Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I had I barely was on Twitter, right? I was like I think I was by then technically on it because one of my friends had insisted I should be, but I you know, I wasn't really tweet and I had no clue how to search mm-hmm. and apparently there were things said. Um what I had said was um I, you know, I, 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 you know, work on Our Lady and you and I have talked about this a lot, right? And it's like one of her central features um, liturgically is to be addressed as black, but beautiful song of songs one, four. And, um, you know, that there's this mysterious reality that there are all these statues of Mary, particularly from Southern, Southern France that are black Mm -hmm. on purpose Mm-hmm. Which seems to have a kind of mystical or both liturgical and mystical significance. This apparently wasn't sufficient to prove that I wasn't all about white supremacy, or at least according to the fifteen hundred people who signed the the uh, the the petition against me um, when Milo's team did a little write up about. Well, no, it, it got complicated. He wrote it all out in Middle Rages. You can read it there. <laughs> yes. Recommended reading. <laughs> right. The deep the deep backstory on part one. I think that that kind of that that this particular element of the story played out in, by 2018 when we did Middle Rages and and, and it's like the, the academic thing. Mm. I, I feel like I'm missing steps. There, there's something else that's going to come along. I don't, what happened in 2019? Oh, I guess you and I met virtually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but, that's, but, yeah, but that was, that was the great cancel when Milo got kicked off of Facebook and everything. So we all ended up on Telegram. Mm-hmm. Again, not a yep. place I'd known about. Before all of this, <laughs> we show up in Telegram, and Milo has his. There's, there's, there's Fancy Bear posts about this called the Telegram Diaries. That was that twenty summer twenty nineteen was a fun summer for sure. Yes. Creating, finding <laughs> ourselves in all these little chats, and then getting canceled in those chats by wait no yeah. <laughs> you can't help yourself. Move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this was this was this was the event when when Kiltz and I first truly became acquainted when Milo kicked all the women out of his chat on Tuesdays and we made a bit of, a, of an event of it yeah and then got some of the other women mad at us for trying to plot about how to return dramatically and the guys were talking about cows, and so we came back going moo until they talked to us. And, it, and apparently, some people thought this was a really mean thing to do. Murr. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people don't have a sense of humor. It's very strange. 
<laughs> it's strange what will set people off. It, it is very much so. Uh, curious to me <laughs> that we were in a we were in a trolling academy essentially. It's this massive, wonderful rave of madness. <laughs> people were getting angry about us mooing. So yeah, we um, we got to know each other in a very strange environment, really. Yes, this is yeah. this is the longer version. Remember back in the marathon in June when Patrick asked, "How'd you all meet?" Murf, murf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. There is there making is cow, making cow noise. There is a blog post about this <laughs> called "The Game of Moo." If if you if you ever want backstory on that, I've archived. It's this is actually the meta lesson of all of this. Very important to keep a lot of records about everything because mm -hmm. a people will not remember. And B, if you don't have a lot of records about what happened, that leaves other people the ability to make up stories mm. about what you said. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Class, this is really important. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, but it really, really is. Because this was, okay, so then I kept getting, then, then um, I wrote a lot about Milo's chat in about that, not even a full year before I got kicked out of his chat completely <laughs> i've been literally the first person in it after he put it he set it up which i have screenshots to prove um <laughs> and I, you know that the, it got it got quite fraught and we did we i mean you and i we became friends in the midst of some of this cancellation and thinking about mm -hmm. i mean this is a sort of meta level of why was everyone so caught up and upset and of course some of it was we were in contact with him so it was it was fraught because people wanted milo's attention um <clears throat> and feeling a privilege and and authority and power because of his admin assignments which were always hilarious and you and i were in a an admin chat at one point it went there's there's way more backstory here than even i wrote out and no i'm not going to write it out now the poetry comes out of this um yeah. He was asking for explanation of why things were so vicious at some point. And I, I was trying to say, it's you. <laughs> Bluntly. This is, this is, is you. this will be why, maybe why he calls me mom. Um, and you quite, you personally, you Kilts quite wisely recognize that the, the thing to do in this situation was, refuse just like i don't want this power i leave mm -hmm. and, and we were talking about conscious and mm -hmm. it's like that's easy refuse the conch and she left this very privileged back yep. channel high level admin <laughs> secret power hungry no wait she just left it's like becoming a 33 degree freemason or something and then just going all right i'm leaving now <laughs> this is fun but fuck it i'm excuse me but i was bored because it was you see the dynamics between everyone getting so vicious i was like i'm wasting my life force here i was here for fun where's the jokes where's the funniness gone and it disappears as soon as the status uh starts to the status seeking starts to infect everybody yeah <laughs> i thought hold on this is this like uh 
you know, for, from my own chronology of how I tumbled in and found you, but a lot of people have asked me like, oh, how did you find, uh, how did you find the professor and how, how did you find out about Milo? I had no idea who Milo was. I saw a post of Milo in the city somewhere uh, in Australia and I thought he was just a Greek singer that was coming in from Athens because, <laughs> you know, neighborhoods where I grew up in, right? It's like a normal thing. You see just some random Greek yeah. guy, you're like, oh yeah, he's coming to, he's coming in to do a show. <laughs> so I thought he was I thought he was a Greek pop star. <laughs> and then uh completely ignored that until later on I saw it again. I was like, oh is that that? Oh okay, this is what's going on. Um so yeah, the the interest was sparked because I thought, oh yeah, this guy he's up to some stuff. It's fun, uh, but the, the the whole like mood of everything had turned too serious. I was like, "Why?" <laughs> um, which got you and I uh, talking about why uh, everyone had kind of fallen into uh, the the cancel thirst that everyone's fallen into because mm-hmm. we it was kind of replicated in these chat environments, you know. I hate her. We've got to kick her out. You know, got to do this. It's like this, uh, this mechanism of why everyone gets cancelled out in the real world via the internet was really uh, very well demonstrated in that. Yes. <laughs> um, mm. So in this in this little microcosm <clears throat> of the people in this one chat who were I I yeah. did I did some posts about the the rules of the game and things like that and you know it would to a certain extent it was like a giant to be talking started this off of base con right it was like a giant game um and i was actually i was interested that i got so emotionally caught up in all of it because of course i like milo's attention too who doesn't right well actually maybe not everybody <laughs> this, this could be why we were in telegram and not for example on facebook anymore right because <laughs> and, and, and some you know, people didn't like it <laughs> a number of people have had milo's attention over the last mm-hmm. year and have, <clears throat> may or may not be happy to to uh hear his name um so you know that there had been factions and i mean one of the things that got super explosive was that there had been somebody who had come in under an alt and th- this is like this you know so we're gonna blow this all up into the real world problem right there's so been someone who'd come under an alt who people started assuming was milo or talking about milo as if milo had an alt and then half the you know like half the chat all believed that it really was milo and though it wasn't and and there, there was it was it was astonishing the degree to which you know you could you 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 thought you could tell who was playing the 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 you know themselves and who was pretending and who was and it was impossible Right. It just got it just got infinitely mm-hmm. fraught um, all around yeah. trying to get his attention, which was the, the prize in, in this situation. Um, and incredibly, I mean, it was a, it was it was remarkably vicious. And I did a, I did one another blog post about that called Judgment Day, where I got really mad and then I got banned. <laughs> I mean, it seems again this seems like it was so fraught and this was like 2020 right it's like before covid hit right um mm-hmm. 20 i all i did was post this bitmoji which you all know now because i use them to advertise these streams i love bitmoji i think it's cool i like seeing myself in my pretty little cartoon right but i did one where she's the the my cartoon avatar is like in flames and angry and I'm like stop being this way and milo kicked me out 
<laughs> I'm banned from his chat right now, right? Because it's, it's, it's about canceled. I did not bring this up at BaseCon. I, and I, and I, I don't actually have any sense of a scorecard. How many times have I been kicked out of Milo's Telegram chat? Milo probably saying, not enough, mom. <laughs> Why are you even in there? Don't waste your time. Get back out there in the real world and write stuff about Mary. And I'm like, well, you know, I've been canceled for that, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Actually, well, quite that... seriously canceled for that because, ooh. <clears throat> yeah. Carry on. We, we have a werebear. If you can bear to hear the truth, you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. I think that feels like there's a... Okay, and Mel is saying, Middle Rages is such a must-read, and it's tiny. There's no excuse. Quickest read. Yes. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, this was this was during the era where I was a man, too. So That's that true. doubly funny. Yeah. <laughs> Although, but it was... But you... I mean, the women in the chat should know that should have known that you were a woman because you had the women's chat, which is where the moo happened. Yeah. But I still didn't. It didn't convince me that you were a woman. <laughs> I was, I was literally running an all-female chat room. Still, everyone thought I was. Yeah. A um. Uh. No. The 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 mechanics of this environment was really interesting. It was like a, a game gamified version of seeing what was going on in the culture. Yes. Um, which was very useful to participate in because uh, I. <laughs> Uh, as I've said on the stream, as you know, I, I left the West. I came back into the West. I had a reverse culture shock, which was, well, I mean, arguably, I'm still in, in the middle of, uh, because I came back into uh, into the West when everyone started to uh, have this um, massive cultural stroke, or whatever you can call it, in the Obama era, mm -hmm. and uh, and so I was, I, I'd walked back into it very similarly to you and i think this is why when we were chatting we we we, we, were, we were vibing with each other so well because I, I said hold on I've, I've walked into a completely different civilization what and everything i was talking about no longer had any resonance with anybody because they'd uh they'd moved into a different uh a, a different era of thought so uh which i i kind of i'd i'd, I'd left during that transition period so i came back in and I've, i just didn't understand the rules anymore <laughs> so i was annoying everyone around me because the uh the cultural conversation was getting uh closer and closer to what it's become yeah and i'd uh i'd uh, uh arrived in the west you know with my little uh, uh african hat on saying, what are you all doing? What's going on here? You know, and speaking freely and thinking, uh, <laughs> thinking I could do that without getting, uh, getting people upset. Right. Um, and I found it very difficult to navigate because I thought, hold on a second, this is like a first world uh, country. You guys don't have to worry about malaria every day, which I did for a while. And there's no cholera outbreaks here and you don't have to deal with the, uh, you know african traffic conditions why are you all so angry what's going on here so the 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 chat dynamic really made me uh it made me sit down study what had been going on and what i'd been missing and then begin to understand the dynamics of what was happening 
in the culture around me because it seemed like a foreign country, the one that I returned to. And so as we were talking, you know, even even you who uh, had gone through that process of blogging, getting cancelled, having your ha having your own academic colleagues, you know, write petitions against you, being harassed online for your positions, um, <clears throat> having the overt support of your friend Milo, like he wrote a book about you, right. you know, even with all of this, within that chat room, it was like no one was safe. There was no uh, recognition that... Um, People were talking to you. They were talking to a uh, a frontline culture warrior. I mean, you're in you were in in the middle of something phenomenally important for everyone else, and 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 it was sort of like, oh, okay, I'm not looking at a bunch of people that want to understand their own civilization. We're looking at something else. What are we looking at? <laughs> that I we're still don't. I don't the... know. Right. I I I haven't. I yeah. haven't. Yeah, it's like I haven't I haven't been a regular participant in it in three years. So I don't know. Mm. And that was when when I you know I got kicked <clears throat> out because that's what happens. Um, we started Dragon Common Room, and then we started writing the poetry. And it's like we've obviously yeah. been absorbed in saying, okay, so you want culture? We let we're 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 about culture. We're about praise and worship and storytelling and. I don't, you know, the, the, the sort of culture war stuff of you're sitting around hand wringing and, and worrying that there isn't any good stuff. It's like, that's your problem. We make some. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. and to, you know, to continue to the, the theme of based con, that is what's lovely about the people that are there. I mean, when, when Hans invited me yes. to speak there, this is number three. And the first one I did was in 2021. They invited me because of the Tolkien um, things that I've uh, the Tolkien videos that I've done on unauthorized in my course and stuff and it was just great because they they talked about you know positive stuff like how to do your own Kickstarter which you know we <laughs> now learned yes. how to do um, thinking about different genre questions um, you know the the problems of you know writers group and crafting stories and style and it was all it was all as Rob wanted it to be very much about this is you know the writers coming together practicing their craft and most of the people there are writing at some level whether they're beginners or, or you know 27 volumes in um in their publications and so it was you know it was the the, the feeling of what we've lost in a positive sense mm -hmm. of like this what we could be doing now although you know store great stories are usually war stories right <laughs> of, of some sort right mm -hmm. i hunting stories right i went and i fought the beast I'm going to be teaching Beowulf in a few weeks, right? And, and you know, Beowulf boasts about, you know, we swam and I fought the sea monsters and I killed Grendel and I killed his mom. And, and I, well, he doesn't get to brag about killing the dragon because he dies immediately after that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that we storytelling <clears throat> does seem to thrive on conflict. So fair, mm -hmm. right? But there, you know, to get to the point where your culture is is well i suppose no it's like met i'm babbling a bit now but it's like to what degree is is culture defined by war mm. and conflict that's a good question because there, well, there's certain, there's certain things we're not allowed to talk about uh-huh we tried. We talked about a little no, bit last week about the atomic bomb. <laughs> right. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll just do a little foreshadowing in, in, there, right? Okay, and then COVID came, right? And, I mean, yes. it's it's funny to think that all of this stuff about getting banned out of Milo's chat and everything was happening in February 2020. And by March 2020, the world was different. Like, a month mm-hmm. later. Yeah. We were shut down. Talk about the whole world was canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Australia entered the Dark Ages. <laughs> two years of ongoing madness which uh i'm i'm grateful we we wrote our way through we wrote our way through that um but uh yeah so now the chronology now the chronology includes kilts and we write centrism games in 2020 aurora Mm -hmm. berry alice in 2021 we started working on the first part of drake alchemicus in in 2022 which is now going to have you know it's a serial, so it's going to take us a while, right? We're working. Mm-hmm. We're we're a third of the way into writing <clears throat> Act Two, we promise. Um, and this was our response to. It's like the world is canceled. Okay, let's meet and create. It's like I, everyone in the Catholic world knows Rod Dreher um, talking about his Benedict option. Well, we we made a little monastery and met online to write verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 were uh, well. You were disciplined. <laughs> I started I on time tonight. Whatever these vampires do when they have to wake up and, <laughs> and rub the dust out of their eyes. Look, it's it's seven hours past my bedtime. <laughs> there um, is no time but, in the internet. Come on, we we live no, in the net true. of the, the the light beams that are encircling the world. It's the the light beams without the sun. <laughs> per- perfect environment for vampires to be working in. Um, yeah, I mean, that was it. February 2020, and then the world got cancelled, and then everyone started cancelling everyone else, and suddenly we felt, well, it felt like very much like we were back in Telegram chats because... Yeah. Uh, so in that way, we were well prepared. Um, We've been practicing being canceled <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's um, brutal being canceled. And, you know, off the Telegram chat, it's like one minute you're talking, the next you can't even see it. <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, I mean now I do. Obviously, the um the the covid the covid conch you know the great the great conch that was covid yep. uh was exploding everywhere um we we had to channel that into an artistic work somehow to kind of make sense of it the i think that what we've been able to do now with uh, Draco Alchemicus is see exactly how that dynamic affected everyone in their um, participation in, in the, the mandates and everything that was going on in 2020, 2021. Right. And that the fear of being cancelled is real. It's a real fear. Oh, yeah. And it's it's not disappearing. It's, it's getting worse. Um, the... I mean, the mandates disappeared, uh, but the effect of them never went anywhere. And uh, 
I've found, at least in Australia, there seems to be this lingering uh, resentment that's not being um, resolved. People are becoming more and more petty hmm. and they're uh, getting, I think, getting a sense of resolution from uh, more conch games, you know, micro conch games. Micro conch everywhere. games, yeah. So maybe mm. should remind everyone what the conch is. Maybe those of you oh, who are so... illiterate and didn't read it in school. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Did you did you read it that? World. Did you read it in school, or do you know it from? I don't remember what I read in school. To be honest, that whole period of life is a bit fair. We so we read it, <laughs> it in school, and it, it, a lot it, of partying. I, I think we read it. We, I remember reading it maybe senior year because I know. Some of my some of my friends went around. It's like in in this in the story they they end up sacrificing a pig effectively, and they stick the yes. pig's head mm. on a on a stick. And some of my friends in high school went to our English teach. I didn't. This was I was I was involved in some of these activities of toilet papering house. Can you imagine toilet papering a whole house? Remember what happened in twenty twenty when there wasn't any toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> this is Texas in the eighties. You know, you you decorate the trees yeah. with toilet paper. Anyway, um, oh yes, and, and one of our other favorite activities was rearranging the letters on signs. Yeah, that that was that was our rebellion, mm-hmm. right? Um, that some 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 of my classmates went to our English teacher's house, or so they said, and stuck um, Vienna sausages on toothpicks <laughs> in its yard because mm-hmm. it was pigs on sticks. Okay, it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny pigs. Tiny pigs. Anyway, and the con the conch is. Oh well, they're all arguing over it because the conch gives them the power to to lead the the little mob of feral children boys it's all boys mm-hmm. yeah yes they go feral and so they're fighting each other over the conch they want to kill for this conch <laughs> and they're tra- they're they're trapped on an island and the metaphor being in the midst of world war Two. well you know of course it's a metaphor for what the the, the grown-ups are doing in their war fighting over this conch right it's like they 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 Mm -hmm. use it initially to say whoever has the conch can speak and then they end up indeed fighting over it yeah yes so that speech influence over everyone which goes back to the sauron's mic Mm -hmm. that you were talking about last season and that you know whoever has to speak uh, whoever has the conch gets the power to speak and of course whoever's speaking everyone else has to listen to them (laughs) or wait their turn (laughs) mm, yeah well that just sort of interrupted all the fun for me so i wasn't having any of it (laughs) uh you are all you come on guys why do you think i get i dragged her into the internet on camera and everything (laughs) she's way too much fun to talk to just in text i needed her you know (laughs) <laughs> the full visual the full visual of, of, of kilts and her repartee it, it was just so boring everyone was flexing <laughs> oh, i'm in the admin chat i get to do this and blah, blah blah you can't talk about anything interesting anyway like seriously i'll like let's be honest yeah we're just bitching about everyone else on the internet why is this so important to you um and well, that that no, that is true. That how I like, how much, okay, we're going to do it a little bit. How much of the conversation on the internet is simply bitching about other people? 
Probably 80%. The Comparito principle, that one easily. 80% of it is gossip. Everybody's just bitching about other And it's the guys too, right? They always say that we're the ones who do it. Moo, moo, right? No. It's like, how much of it is these internet, you know, fake wrestling battles of who well, who said is, what to who and then I'm going to ban you off of my you know Twitter feed oh are we going there are we heading towards Twitter <laughs> we're getting there tweet 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 tweet, tweet. well th- this is the interesting thing too because you know I was very overtly aggressive with pretty much everybody including some dear friends of mine that, uh, that I've retained miraculously thanks guys for putting up with me but um, I was fun I was like no I'll just have an all out Mortal Kombat with you in text and then we'll get over it the next day, right? right. <laughs> These things are not so on the internet. Um, well, they're not so in academia anymore. That's where this all started, right? With me saying, yes, you know, yes, in the classroom. Yes. I mean, I think of my classroom as a completely safe space for bouts, right? It's it's mm-hmm. the safe space where you can test your ideas. Yes. Not where you're protected so, from hearing anything that you then don't want, you know, you can't cope with because you've never practiced thinking about it. Well, that that was the that. I love your rooster. I'm <laughs> um, gonna give him a mic, and he <laughs> he doesn't even need one. So he's mic your rooster running with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but but the... he's fine. There's no. Why. He's he's it's... just talking. But it's timing, you know, they don't just crow in the morning. So he picks the weirdest time. Um, the, it, it was this thing of, of, of seeing the same mechanism that you're, you were dealing with in academia. And of course, you, you know, you, you have been saying to everybody, you need to practice having difficult theological discussions right. because otherwise everybody gets too sensitive and they explode this is the atomic myths you know if everyone's stuck in relativism we can't have theological battles we're very fragile and things just blow up so i was i was running around just poking everyone and fighting because that was my way of saying okay well we're going to de-escalate the bomb by having a very very aggressive interactions in the chat room and then realizing that actually that's not what people want at all and then seeing how that was paralleling what was going on with you in the academic environment that westerners are actually scared to have a full-on um confrontation even in these so-called safe spaces that have been created for these kinds of confrontations so yeah, seminars yeah. and what, such. What, I mean, we're, like we're literally, it's like mm. in academia, we're literally meant to be practicing dealing with difficult arguments. And yeah, the the culture, you know, that that all of this started around. I it, that it it is. I mean, it is funny when I was retelling it to get you know sort of get us to. We're not yet to the present. You guys realize um, that it does feel a very long time ago when this was the the mm. framing for what academia was talking about, because to a certain extent, and this is so in the midst of the the COVID mandates and masks and and so forth, the the students at University of Chicago um, started the Chicago Thinker. And they were, I mean, you know, full snaps to, to, they've done it for two years now, um, incredibly courageous reporting to say, we are going to write about these things. We are going to say what 
even our own peers and to recognize it's not just the it's not the professors doing it it's everyone um mm -hmm. you know, it's the administrators and the professors and the and the students doing it to each other the, the professors doing it to the students the students doing it to the professors you know it's like one way or the other everyone's gotten the, into this particular cultural mode of mm. alarm like you're mm. like your rooster <laughs> yeah <laughs> There he is. <laughs> I, I think he's actually having a debate, but that that you know to be more frightened of saying something that you other people might not have heard or thought about, or it's all you know been as and you and I haven't actually talked about that this much because we're bored with it, but it impacts us constantly. The identity questions. Which oh was yeah, the, yeah. You know, the three cheers for yeah. white men has you know in the and the signal you're not a white supremacist it's all this in group signaling of and then i you know it's 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 sort of to my mind it it's mainly just signaling you're in the group right it's like the the telegram chat to yes. everyone to be in the milo group it, it, the, the the borders of these groups seem not to be defined by actual arguments so much as approve it's like membership fish the the sort of bird bird movements or fish schools or mm -hmm. i'm not sure about sheep because they they can be led by sheep dogs <laughs> but you know this sort of yes. the group suddenly knows how to turn and if you don't turn with the group you're going to get savaged mm. Mm. um yeah that's exactly what it's like so we get to we get we, we're getting into a mode where uh even if you say look i i don't want to have this group affiliation right now i want to look at the issue and, and solve a problem people are very nervous by that because right. then you're 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 not standing up for a group identity how dare you if you're not with us you're against us i've seen this a lot with people um the last few years since i got involved in the mirror um uh, especially with what i've been talking about um what i was talking about when i was <laughs> I was aggressively battling everyone else because, uh, I, I mean, from my perspective, I've stepped into enemy territory ideologically. Right. I, 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 did, I do not represent the right wing or the conservative side of things in the West at all. <laughs> and I was in there, uh, you know, a kind of one woman army in many ways to kind of say to everybody, hold on, this is now it's working everywhere else in the world. You, you need to see it from a different side of things. Precisely because I could see that the group dynamics are be beginning to be formed in a particular way, which is not Christian. Right. Um, so, and that was very upsetting to everyone uh, to see me doing it because, of course, they assume, well, I'm just fighting for the sake of the fight instead of realizing maybe it's because I don't like the, um, uh, I don't like the way that the fish and the birds are all um, being herded together in these giant uh, controllable. Um, <clears throat> that are moving for fear of, of losing their status in the mob instead of moving for the, for the for the good and the true and the beautiful. So um, it's very difficult now to have discussions publicly because even if you're saying to everybody, I am not in this particular group, it doesn't matter. You get lumped into a group no matter what, which is why I'm quite happy to talk to the people that I talk to because uh, I think now we all have the same problem, mm. which is we're fighting, fundamentally what we're fighting is we're fighting that 
um, the conch fever. It's a it's a delirium yeah. that everyone is uh, is is inside. And uh, if if we can't if we can't retrain ourselves as Westerners to enter a cell and have a have a, a proper bout, or if we can't train ourselves to enter a classroom and fight uh, passionately about something and then leave the room and have it be appropriately assigned to you know like a, a kind of martial arts experience where oh you know what happens in the dojo stays in mm -hmm. the dojo don't worry about that that was dojo now we're going out for pizza or whatever if we can't um reclaim this ability uh we're not civilized if there's there's no civilization to save we're not saving a civilization we're saving uh something very different and um yeah I kind of rambled a little bit, but well, it's it's the... so. What I'm thinking is, I'd say you know, it's like we, we debate things in my classroom where you go into the dojo and and you fight, but there are rules, mm -hmm. and you know, I I do understand that that one of the well, it's like the there's spoken and unspoken rules to the way the groups are behaving, uh, but they're also. Mm -hmm reasons that my version of how you know we debate things don't fit their version of of rules and what you've said the good the true mm. the beautiful right we we <laughs> that uh whether you go into that dojo and simply say how to say it there's games with rules and you've agreed the rules and you're trying for excellence within those those rules which i mm -hmm. think is what the base con people tend to like right they like games right <laughs> <laughs> they're in games yeah. and you know you set up the structure and you compete within that structure and you acknowledge excellence and mm -hmm. want to want to whereas there's another kind of interaction which i i i showed this all out in my lobster side little cartoon with the toys right yes. it's like the 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 boys game or the bears game was a, an actual game with it was like rock paper scissors but with dice and lobsters or or mm. i think they're warhammer figures i'm not sure <laughs> They happen to be around, and they fit in the and okay. they fit in the problem. Um, versus a game that's a social game of simply quote making sure everybody is included, which has other elements of like if you're if you're worrying about whether people are included in the in the social group, then you end up with the the mechanisms of shaming and ostracism prime as primary, for like whether you've gone mm. along with the 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 feel of the group. Yeah, but the groups don't make any sense to me. Mm. They they actually don't make any sense to me. They exist in a kind of uh, amalgamation of people with shared grievances some of the time, but most of the time I can't see the... Um... Well, that's because they're not... You and I, you and I, weird as we are, vampire and, and professor... Wait, no, you're a pigeon. Mm. Um... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I put the fangs away. <laughs> um, we're we actually weirdly enough do operate. I mean, we are women, and yes, we acknowledge that and moo, and we not we get it. But on the other hand, th you know, th there's th there is always a spectrum uh, in 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 this sense that we do like the rule games too, right? It's like I'm basecon was mainly guys. There are women, other women there, and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed talking with them. And but it's it's within a context that the men create the 
the game structure. Um, and women, yes. women's women's yep. that's why the, the 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 no women in Milo chat on Tuesdays rule was interesting, and that's why we were actually interested in observing. It's like what do the men talk about when we're not around? How do we change it when we come mm-hmm. in? How is that going to you know what kinds of dynamics are going to play out? And you know, I'm mm-hmm. th- this is not where I was intending to go with this thought, but it is interesting to me that gender studies doesn't deal with this stuff. <laughs> It's like gender studies will be made more interesting (laughs) if instead of trying to say, you know, everybody should behave like women, they actually considered the way women behave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Complicated. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And and, and of course, with lots of unspoken rules that if you admit out loud, you can be heading out that, you know, the door that way from the, the social group. That may have yeah. may have happened in some of the cancellations <laughs> experienced in my life. Nothing that, which you know, will will be a feature of you know mixed mixed companies, right? If you end up with more women mm. in academia, the whole culture of engagement changes because women play by different rules than men. We do, and if you won't admit that, ladies. Yeah. You're still with no, but the thing is, everybody knows it, right? That's what's so funny about it. It's like literally everybody knows it because that's why, you know, the feminists say the men are toxic. Three cheers for the men, right? They're playing by different kinds of interactions, and some of us women enjoy those because they're polite to us and ask them to sit on panels at their conferences. And call you call you with names of respect and recognize your input, as as long as you're not trying to then destroy their game. Mm. Yeah, well, when uh, when I was a fake man, <laughs> I had that. I had a lot of a lot of the ladies on the internet were trying to stop me doing what I was doing because they didn't understand that I was playing. Right. That was my way of problem solving was to fight people. Which seems strange, but it's not strange if you consider it in a different uh, field. You know, the uh, it was a it was a contest to problem solve what exactly was going on with the the conversations. Uh, the women found it really uncomfortable because it wasn't a, a, an invitation for consensus, right? That sa- sacrificed. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't willing to sacrifice my my desire to understand who people were and what they really thought just to achieve a group consensus in that space. Um, and well what what what's some of the I mean you're you're being you're being elusive rather than naming names, but I mean what what, yeah. what some of them wanted was one, your agreement with their group dynamics. so that was what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, it, yes. it was kind of, the topic was irrelevant. And then, <laughs> and then others, there were certain topics that we wanted to explore. Primary, you know, fundamental among them, the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> yes, that, that was a very interestingly contentious <laughs> topic. Um, 
for a chat room that was full of Christians, I found it really interesting mm. that I made so many people feel uncomfortable when I was doing what I was doing, which was just being blunt and directly saying to everybody, it's necessary for the West to embrace the faith um, and to uh, to say that I was not willing to make any adjustment in my belief for the sake of placating somebody else's that I was making a truth claim that Christ is God to deny that means you're denying God himself. So mm. it, it made everybody feel very, very uncomfortable, which I thought again, okay, this is interesting. What are we really doing then? Are we looking for truth? Are we willing to proclaim truth in a cultural space or are we looking for a consensus to get a group cohesion together? Well, what runs the group cohesion in this case? Uh, it goes back to the atomic myths. It's a, re a relativism, mm -hmm, right? Right. If we can't make a truth claim, we're back in relative. Everyone gets very touchy. We're back in the atomic. And then I realized that that's probably why uh, I just said reject the conch and I bail because <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I don't have this. Uh, I'm not explosive, even though I'm a, uh, highly assertive uh, because I know myself what I, what I, what I truth. I know Christ. So if someone disagrees with me, it's not a problem. I don't want the conch. I don't need the conch. Christ has the conch. He's right. the, he's the alpha and the omega. So we have the hierarchy sorted out already. <laughs> Everything else is just us playing in, uh, playing in, in creation, uh, as best we can. Mm. Um, but uh yeah it was a fascinating reveal that even when even in environments where you think you're dealing with people of faith and people that are sharing the same faith as you or the same religion as you um there are other things happening in that space uh personal ambition uh the the need to save face in front of other people that overrides um yeah Overrides your faith, which I think is going to link to what our topic was going to be today. Well, we were supposed that... to be talking about what happens when you you try to get out of being canceled by making a bargain with the devil, but we'll mm. just keep on with this because I think we're still unpacking to get to the point where people understand why Theophilus is the most important miracle story we have mm. to be continued. Um, so this is I... no, we're just going to tease them for weeks, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, you can read about it in my book right. if they want the they want the preview. Um, okay, so you were what you were saying there was 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 I think we're getting to it. So we have this because that was my you know the, the the thing that I got most grief for in academia when I was writing about Milo was saying we should debate theology. I mean mm -hmm. that was the thing that they got most ang angry about. They they wrote the they my mm -hmm. colleagues i mean there were many colleagues but there were seven of them that wrote answers to my blog my my divinity school newsletter post saying you know we need to practice debating theology because it really is like at stake for people and the instantaneous response is she wants everybody to be christian and we and she's hateful and i had said we needed to practice debating and that was why mm. the response to Milo's talks was so important. It was because people were getting fraught about things that they weren't used to being able to talk about. And so I was mm. quite literally saying, we need to practice this debate. And I got seven responses 
four substantive and three very brief ones um, that they then published on the news in their newsletter too. Uh, for the most part, missing the point. I did a blog post called Seven with One Blow, where I, I went through their in, their different answers, and I said, you know, one of them, one of the graduate students actually made some good points. So she like, I don't think she she won the bout against me. I think she just got some touches. But the rest of them, they, I mean, they were not talking about what I had raised as the problem. And I realized, you know, now it's like mm -hmm. I can't. What you're describing is the you know, our atomic myth, this rel this absolute relativism of nothing is. You know, it, it's all Heisenberg uncertainty, which Hans can explain to mm -hmm. me why that's actually not as 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 true as people think it is. Um, that their response to my certainty of being willing to defend a particular claim was to say I was mm. hateful. I'm just going to say it right now. This is a really interesting case of white fragility. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the white people that are scared of having religious conversations. So this is a white people problem. This is not a people of color problem. This is not a, a interesting problem. This is, this is for whites only. I think, I think uh, it's specifically it, for whites because I think I, I would, I'm not going to take my yeah. tears for white men post down because of the time that I wrote it, it meant that I was cheering for, Christian European. Well, you know how however, I use this terminology however, now. So, we have now, yeah. you know, we have now learned from from E. Michael Jones to understand that white is, of course, um, Protestants stripped of their ethnicity mm. because they're not they're yeah. no longer actively Christian for the most part in the mainline Protestant churches in this in in this country. Um, they're not Catholic. Catholics still have ethnicity. So these, when Catholics become white, it's because they've lost their Catholicism. White is, it is, right? It's like this empty, it's this empty category. So of course they're fragile because they have nothing to think with. Except, you yes. know, what we used to call classical liberalism, probably. I mean, it, it's like the, the yeah. enlightenment obviously is this, this, this whitewashing in a in a bad sense of of the a, of mm. absence of any sort of identity other than that which is um you know defined by those pirate codes called bills of rights yeah that trading contract that trading contract mm -hmm. that they drafted um well this is the thing i mean if you if you're if you're coming from a place uh, culturally or um, nationalistically, where you've lost identity except for a Darwinistic category, then you can't engage in any kind of theological debate because you have right. no stand. You've, you've got no standing. Uh, you've got no ground to to walk on. I, I posted to this amazing debate. I'll get here's the example of why why I'm saying this because everyone I know so many people are going to say oh she's bashing white people all the time, but this is why. So. I posted something years ago and I've reposted it a few times now. It was this amazing debate with this Canadian, uh, Canadian African American or something. He was talking to a bunch of Ethiopian guys that had just left church. Mm. And this guy, David, I think it's David Blaine. He came to Australia not that long ago. He goes around, he's like a Protestant street preacher and he's, you know, he's got the microphone and whatever. And he's basically pushing Protestantism and especially hammering Ethiopian orthodoxy because he went to Ethiopia once or twice mm. and just decided that uh, 
uh, Orthodox people are all hypocrites and therefore the religion is a fake. You know, it's like every every list of Protestant uh, insults against Catholics, just like put that in Africa. And it's, it, this is this guy. So he, he, uh, he had a conversation with some Ethiopian Orthodox people in the street and someone had a phone. They recorded the whole thing. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in terms of um, Orthodox Catholic versus uh, Protestant. Because these are two black guys, right, in America, because they've got the same accent now. Right. They're both accented Americans and they both look the same. Uh, and then you see the difficulty in how uh, the Protestant world is given this, uh, you know, shocking uh, this this um very strong culture shock because they're not dealing with blacks they're dealing with ethiopians Mm -hmm. they're dealing with men that have a race but they're also dealing with people that have an apostolic understanding of history and religion so they're this guy is coming in to have this protestant debate very nervous uh in in a way because he knows he's he's not dealing with people that have just decided to pick up a bible and and make up whatever they think is in there um so uh, it's a it's a one hour conversation showing the depth and complexity of the discussions that happen in the old world nice now for us as people of color we're connected to the ethiopians because our church extends all down the nile and of course, we're connected to the Greek world, and the Greeks are involved in these debates also. And of course, then we're uh, we're invoking Syrians because Antioch is involved, and we've got the Syriac Church. And then we're also involving Rome. Why? Because the Roman world was involved in this also. Right. So there's a completely different mentality because the Mediterranean region extends essentially from um, from Rome to Ethiopia apostolically in this way, and so telling everyone that we shouldn't be having theological debates well who's imposing that on us (laughs) it's protestants that are doing it right so what you're essentially doing is telling uh the the ancient civilized world not to speak Hmm. it would be like saying to that ethiopian uh the group of ethiopian men that were talking to this protestant from canada you can't be doing this this is white supremacy this is hate speech what this is how our civilization was formed it's very normal in Africa to have these kinds of conversations. But beyond that, uh, it really is, it's an imposition of fear that you don't have a theological position to base anything on. Yep. And so you're you're saying to everyone who wants to have these conversations, no, you can't have them because I can't keep up. Like you're making everybody around you retarded because you don't want to get in the arena that you you know you can't compete in because you don't have a religious base. Ouch. <laughs> and only this white is, people are doing this. Yes, and this only is, the white. This is what's so funny sorry, about what I said it. in that Divinity School piece about, you know, it's like Milo had quoted from the founding document of Harvard. Harvard just came out in the fire rankings as like the bottom right? They are the least, the least (laughs) capable of having any kind of academic freedom right now. Um, that, you know, it was, it was founded as a seminary, which it was. And, you know, and I, and I saying that we, we used to practice these kind of debates and indeed, I mean, our divinity school, it's not complete. It's not 
completely absent of Catholics, but yes, it's not really Catholic. It's it's the University of Chicago Divinity School. And so they were just, I could tell they were, and I was still, I was stunned. I'm still kind of stunned to this day. It's like, why, why did you guys think that it was bad that I was saying we needed to like be debating theology? Isn't that what you do? (laughs) Isn't that your point? (laughs) (laughs) What do they do? Nobody knows. Sorry, I'm being cheeky now, but well, I, I am ramping up to teach this course that I'm I'm teaching on how to read the Gospels, which they don't want to cross list with me because apparently I'm going to teach something about reading the Gospels in the Middle Middle Ages that isn't true. I don't know. I'm going to ask Hildegard of Bingen what she thought about reading the Gospels. Yeah. So, but it it's this this. They're scared of that polysemous interpretation. Oh, clearly. It's that dangerous polysemy. Dangerous polysemy. <laughs> and visionary understanding. And yeah, I mean, we're really going to read, you know, if you guys are you know able to sign it for my class. And, and this, this I think, this will bleed, because these are going to be Thursday classes. I'm going to, my our Wednesday night live streams, I'm clearly going to have this on my mind. So you may be hearing about this more over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're going to read things like Origin and the Heliand and Abid and the Heliand. And, and some Rupert of Deutz and Hildegard of Bingen. This, this, these are just like all by themselves going to blow your mind and and not fit with even what the scholastics do because scholastics get very dialectical and, you know, proving questions and things like that. The monastic tradition for the first thousand years is woo-woo, right? And this is the apostolic yeah. tradition. So I, I like yeah. the way you're saying it, saying saying we can't debate this on the basis of truth. I mean, one of the one of the responses from one of my colleagues in that packet of, you know, Rachel, Rachel said hateful things. He didn't say I said hateful things, but he tried to, like, moderate it by saying it's not Christianity that we're talking about. It's Christianities. Right. There has to be a plural of Christianities because they're all culturally different somehow. And so there's not even within Christianity from his description. Is there a, has he never heard of a capital O Orthodox Christianity? I, you know, there's, there's not an actual basis for, of reality that we're able to talk about. It all has to be this kind of, but of course there is a basis yeah. of reality, which is the, you know, the sad thing behind all this cancel culture is that those who do not want to hear us say Jesus Christ is Lord Yeah. Want us to shut up. Well, I mean, uh, are you not comfortable with Rabbi Wars? I mean, are you not comfortable with the kind of uh, dialogue that was going on in, in, in the Holy Land in the, in, the ancient, uh, in the ancient world to say that we can't be having these theological debates and then, you know, putting it under the the umbrella of uh, it's it's potentially a white supremacy or whatever they're saying. I mean, which people were having rabbi wars? Come on. You're 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 imposing other people's ability to 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 do what uh, what our people have done for like forever. <laughs> we so we're being told we can't make a truth claim on who Christ is because of what? Because uh, we're going to use some complicated Greek terms that you don't understand. Okay, well, we'll use them in English, you know. Yeah. Uh, we can just use English words, easy. Uh, but it's not about that. It's not the complexity of the terminology. It's that nobody in the modern world wants to see anybody from the modern world uh, make 
definite truth claim and to state their religion as uh, as though they believe themselves that their religion, their particular faith and their particular God is the only one. That's the terrifying thing that nobody wants to 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 witness, which is very strange because you see other people doing it all the time. Mm. So why is it that only Christians are not supposed to be doing this? Well, I do actually have a, a, a kind of ironic understanding of how that came about. One, okay, one, there's the split within Christianity that undermined itself, at least in the West, right, between Protestants and Catholics. Yes. Um, and mm. then uh, in the 19th century, when so many of the Anglophone missionaries are going out into sort of culture spaces, I, this the, the, we can tie this back around to BaseCon, recognizing a lot of what the mm-hmm. sci-fi and fantasy, sci-fi more than fantasy, fantasy goes with trying, you know, always encountering other rational beings, right? So you want to have conversations mm-hmm. with elves and, and, and so forth. Um, sci-fi is basically anthropology with, with mm-hmm. tech, right? It's like encountering other cultures. And in the, in the, the conversations that we had, one of them, the panels, one of them was about world building and I'm listening to it and mm. thinking, yeah, this is anthropology. It's it's the the desire mm. to create of you know a f- what is a fully functioning culture in this and realizing that this kind of mission. It's a missionary structure for fully appreciate mm. fully appreciating this other you know worldview. Um, mm. Now anthropology comes out of that. I mean, and this, this uh, colleagues, I think, I think maybe they've retired or I'm not sure they've died. I'm not, I'm not quite, but in our anthropology department, there, the, there was a couple that was working primarily on Africa. And of course, from their perspective, Christianity is bad, evil, and oppressive because they see nothing but Christianity coming in. I mean, they're not thinking about Ethiopia coming in and imposing its imperial agenda. So it gets it got the, the Christianity gets. Oh yeah, they've been in. meshed it with the they've been meshed it with the age of discovery colonialism and everything. Right, and specifically with the nineteenth yeah. century when yeah. so many of the Protestant missions go out. That it's not usually they're not usually talking about you know Francis Francis Xavier in Goya or in Japan or you know in China or something like yeah, that or yeah, the, yeah, the Jesuits yeah. in Paraguay like Jones talks about. It, it's usually from the Protestant you know. Yes. So it's it's so it's like it's 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 an actual racism mm-hmm. because <laughs> they've denied they've denied the entirety of northern and eastern Africa its historical place as being the cradle of Christianity in in that region. Yeah, it had absolutely nothing to do with pro- Protestants. So they've taken that away. Then they've <laughs> this is insane, and then they've said that it's. It's an imperial project. I'm sorry, my brain just exploded. I might, that yes, might, and that, that nobody hurts. ever actually converted is is was nobody converted. Yeah, nobody converted, right? and so, that it, you know, Christian, so Christianity is always the. I mean, and I've had it was a long time ago. I was in a seminar with a friend who did um, Papua New Guinea um, anthrop- anthropology. Yeah. It was, it was, she she wanted to have a conversation about Christianities, which I know where that language is coming from. They're saying, you know, Christianity taken to all of these different cultures in the world becomes different, right? So New Orleans is different from Boston, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, that, I mean, they, they, they meant it out in, in the world too, in other parts of the world. But 
they they tended to usually in our seminars Christianity seemed to be this kind of black box onto which project all the cool stuff and and Christianity was usually quite you know it's monotheistic right that's it I mean it, it was usually that that level of depth like it's mm. monotheistic and moralizing right you know, nothing of what you and I have tried to talk about this past year here in in the arc of mm. the mythology and the and the resonances and the art and the complexities of the mythology and the liturgy and it's like you know I talk about most of the, and also most of the kinds of things that they'd be talking about in that context ignored the 2000 nearly 2000 years of missionary activity leading up to the 19th century missions um so they didn't mm -hmm. understand that Europe went through all of this already in terms of how do you talk, yes. how do you, how did Augustine of Canterbury talk to the Anglo-Saxons? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it, it's kind of like they've claimed that they've, uh, they've discovered and invented the wheel in the 19th century, mm -hmm. ignoring everything prior because they don't want to deal with the complexity of the debates and the arguments and the, uh, the actual origins of this religion right it's purposeful it's 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 a pur purposeful misframing of the entire story to then and and the the funny the funniest misframing that i'm i'm starting to notice and it's it's in anglophone literature so the english you know from mm. the perspective of the british empire is that mm -hmm. um you know palestine in roman times was this backwater this nowhere place you know, it's like, how, why would, why would, you know, anybody important, I mean, take, they lift it from the, what good can ever come out of Nazareth or Bethlehem or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they're, they're projecting their own imperial vision, the maritime one that's centered on London, onto Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerusalem was the center of world history, frankly. Right. Yep. It's like when you're describing yep. all of those crossing paths from Greece to Egypt to, Mesopotamia to to the Mediterranean, yeah. you know, Jerusalem is the crossroads of all of those places. It's the center of the world. But the 19th century comes up with this fiction of it. It's like this backwater, obscure place. It, like the re, you know, it's it it's got so many cross paths because everybody went through there. It's hard to keep it in, yeah, so, a, you know, David and Solomon get to get it as a kingdom for a bit, but everybody else is always fighting over who gets to control it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, oh, wait, hotly continues to this real day. estate. <laughs> the world's most hotly contested real estate. It's hilarious. Backwater. Um, yeah. Yeah. Back, that's backwater. hilarious. Mm. Watch yeah. these slippages. It's like, calling, kids. it's like calling, it's like calling New York a backwater of America really, isn't it? Because the, the roads are cracked. <laughs> Your pavements are cracked, so you're a backwater. Isn't that funny? Well, okay, so this seems, it seems like then everybody swallowed an imperial narrative and they're not willing to admit it. And yet they have the nerve to say that your people like yourself are, uh, are white supremacists until uh, proven otherwise or until self-declared otherwise. So you're having your own religion and religious identity taken away from you by people that are imposing a British imperialist worldview on the rest of the planet, including us, when we're trying to engage in any kind of public conversation about anything, but especially Christianity. Yes. So they are themselves white supremacists. Yeah, basically. Right. Okay. <laughs>
So because, I mean, because modern <laughs> academic culture develops out of the 19th century, <coughs> ultim- yeah. you know, fundamentally, and therefore out of the competitions that are happening in Europe in that academic context, and the United States participates in it, um, the terms of debate are determined then. And I'm going. I'm saying. So saying this is when everybody decided their rules, their special rules, for <coughs> being able to talk about all of this stuff. Right. Um, and okay. just going back to thinking about with this, the sci-fi practice of world building and stuff is is it's mm. uh, it's it's anthropological. Unfortunately, but fantasy does take on. It, this was refreshing at Basecon because there's a lot of Catholics. We had this whole panel full of Catholics talking about you know superheroes. It was, it's a lot of fun, but. Um, for the most part, it's it's challenging to find Christianity. That was another question that came up. It's like challenging to find Christianity actualized within even these fantasy stories. I mean, I say Tolkien does absolutely, mm-hmm. um, but the you know it, it 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 the this is a little bit of a side branch. But saying that the these genres are so popular, fantasy and sci-fi, that to me suggests this intense longing for you know mythological reality. It's like everybody's yes. everybody's participating in it, but w- within the the specific you know desire for world building, it's always like you're crafting out culture, which we don't mm. feel like we have anymore. Mm. Well, in order to have all of those worlds that people are building in the fictional realm, they have to have self declared identities that are are not subject to to being policed in this way. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking in terms of, a, a, you know, in fantasy, you want to go and talk to the elves. Well, uh, you know, the elves have their own established culture, their own established language, their own territory. You know, it's it, they, they're not going to worry about the opinions of non-elves. They're intra-referential culture they they're they're not going to care about what people think about their customs and their culture does this make sense well it's very it's relaxing like then, right i mean that's what tolkien invented yeah, this, exactly. whole, this whole culture yeah. for the, as a catholic to, to a certain yeah. extent yes so when you've got the sci-fi anthropologists that want to world build because they want to do anthropology and sci-fi and they're creating their their others their their aliens and their foreigners mm-hmm. well they're appreciating that there, there would be a, a Martian world, a, a, a kind of Martian culture and what that would look like. It's going to be completely different and it's not going to care at all what the people that are discovering it care about them, think about them, talk about them. So this is interesting. Mm. This is a world without cancellation. Well, that's what, I mean, BaseCon um, was one, you know, it's like the people who like doing this sort of activity and are tired of being canceled by other people in the sci-fi fantasy world, which have canceled mm-hmm. a lot of their conversations. I mean, it's like, so that's why the panel came, the panels come up. Although, you know, it's like only one of the, the one man that was canceled from his publications, he was writing in a game story, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. these stories come out of this game world, right? So that's a, a, a subset of, of these stories that I'm not familiar with. And I'm, you know, only dimly familiar of, He's like Worldcon and Comic Con and Dragon Con and and the other the other conventions, but the the problem that the unauthorized community is 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 you know highly aware of being the 
the Hugo Awards and the sort of recognition that people are being given within the the sci-fi fantasy world, it's it it it, it it's pretty much as 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 capricious and vicious as Milo's chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms mm-hmm. of who who gets to feel like insiders based on whichever debate has been going on recently. Because mm. I had, I um I have two thoughts on that. So bas- basically, uh, what what's happening now is we're all. <laughs> We're all being colonized by Protestantism or neo-Protestants, mm. people that have abandoned Protestantism and have have, have turned to a different form of uh, imposing their uh, worldview on other people, like cancellation as a religious uh, imposition. Mm. But um, yeah, the 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 viciousness over everything. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it just seems like this is the, the this is an, the anti-creative. This is the, this is the death of your creativity. Yep. You win. It's a pyrrhic victory. Yeah, you win the war, but it, like, <laughs> look around you. <laughs> You're living in smoking, smoldering ruins. Congratulations. <laughs> you'll get you'll get to keep your status, and you'll you'll get to stay safe and not cancelled. And at what cost? There's no there's there's nothing really to be uh, not cancelled from at that point. You've got nothing. So the, the the you know the the ultimate source of the cancellations that we're working with. I mean, I think we we we've, we've suggested a number. I mean, one is simply social belonging, right? It's the Mean Girls play, Mean yeah. Girls game of whether or yeah. not you're in or in or out of the Moo group. We mm-hmm. were very we were we were very friendly as cows, Moo. Um, Great cows. So that that's one level. Um, Uh, there's the uh, relativity level that we're not yeah. allowed to have specific truth claims because of science. Mm-hmm. There's now this getting, yeah. we're getting into this theological discomfort with, I, I mean, I, the, obviously one of the reasons I went into the scholarship that I did was because I felt like there was more to Christianity that I didn't, I, I hadn't, been familiar with growing up. And when I saw those cathedrals in Europe, they were beautiful and there must be something else behind them than just what I'd learned growing up Presbyterian and, you know, middle America. So there's mm-hmm. that. I, I, I will put it on that level just because I think it's a factor, but when people get too ethnic, everybody gets upset because mm. you're either eccentric. You're not, you're not entering the consensus culture of trade and commerce, right. which is, Deracinate yourself and deny an ethnic, uh, the ethnic vision of the world, to participate in the gray zone of this uh, commercial commercial uh, environment that we're in. So the our vending machine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vending machine problem. But it feels like there's something else that people are really scared of. 
breaking the myth that holds everything together. Which myth is this? Some people get not just canceled socially, but actually fired and put in jail. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were well, sitting. We were sitting on a panel, so none of us were in jail. <laughs> well, it depends on the empire. Every empire has its own myth, its own mythology, hmm. its own story. Hmm. So, I mean, we've been talking about that a lot, right? And that came up in my old history mm-hmm. lesson: which empire bias is like you and whose empire? Which empire? Yeah. Whose empire is telling which story right now? Yeah. What do empires do? With their stories. I did a blog post. I did a blog post last two years ago now on the American empire, Imperial America. So I was already Mm -hmm. starting to feel it then and saying, wait a minute, something interesting is going on here. We look Mm -hmm. like Rome in a lot of ways. And it's not just because like we're falling into empire. We've been empire. Yes. And Rome, when it was Rome, was the glory of the world. People wrote orations about how great it was <laughs> mm-hmm. and how homogenized it was, how brilliant it was that the whole world was Roman and then it fell. So that didn't work. Well, it certainly, it certainly you know, worked for a while to, you know, recruit people to the mm-hmm. legions, which, again, everybody's been pointing out. Mm-hmm. But it existed a long time. I did like think think about what it must have been like in the middle of the empire. And you're here. Mm. Actually, our our comic artist for Draco Kimka, Zenu Nofraga, did a magnificent illustrated um, version of a biography of Marcus Aurelius. He did. He's the artist for it, Verissimus. And mm-hmm. one of the things that he shows absolutely brilliantly is all of these border wars that. Marcus Aurelius had to involve himself in, and then of course the yeah. the Romans the Romans in Rome didn't need to be terrifically aware of these border wars because they're out there on the the edge, you know, of the empire. They're brutal, mm. and poor Zay had to draw all these sacrifice like literal sacrifices. You know, there's one one of the panels is showing the the I, now I can't remember which group. There were a lot of sacrifices in a lot of different groups because Marcus Aurelius went to mm-hmm. battle with all of them. Um, there's a you know like six six cows have all been killed and they're lying there on their their sides and the blood's dribbling out right and the the Germanic chieftain is saying now we will conquer Rome. Well, they did, but not then. <laughs> not then. Oh, <laughs> that, it was a time delay. You know, you have to you have to really motivate people to believe that you're the good guys. You mm-hmm. are civilization, and everybody who's attacking you is is evil and not civilization. Yeah, well, I mean, what did Rome do to Gaul? They had a famous invasion where they put uh, they put hooks on the ground. Gallic soldiers were running over the top of them and having their feet shredded. Then they all got hacked to death. And it's that I, I remember reading about that particular uh, invasion. That the, the takeover, the Roman takeover of Gaul, even scandalized Romans in the capital. Mm. 
that was one border war which did uh, <laughs> reach the ears of the uh, the civilized in the in the capital. But um, of course, you have to uh, you have to think about what happens when empires are expanding and there are all these border wars happening and whatever. Um, they're not going to be reporting on a, the the intricacies of what the empire is doing to expand it, to run and to function. Uh, it doesn't want to tell the citizen. The, the, most of the citizens don't need to know. Most of the Ro Romans don't really need to know any of this. What do they need to know? They need to know that Rome is the best and that without fail, whatever is happening is happening for the greater good. Um, presenting them with a narrative that uh, allows them to feel comfortable that no matter what Rome does, it's justified. And uh, I mean, for us, our, uh, our our civilization now. I mean, what do we talk about when we talk about? Uh, The narrative that allows us to claim uncontested, an uncontested good guy status, that no matter what this civilization does, we're doing it for the greater good. Well, democracy. Yep. Yep. Democracy. Yep. At least we've got democracy. Freedom. Mm -hmm. democracy <laughs> it's starting to sound a little thin isn't it guys mm -hmm. i had this terrible moment in um i think it was summer 2020 trump is at um Mount Rushmore giving a talk and they're rallying, right? And military planes and that proud to be an American song and stuff. And unfortunately, one of my, one of our friends had faced it at that time on Telegram was teasing me about how bad that country music was. And I was mad and I was crying and I realized that was the last time I could hear that song without it feeling fake. Mm. Warp speed changed all of that, I think. Something, it's, it's something, something cracked, right? And suddenly we could start mm -hmm. seeing the, the narrative as a narrative mm -hmm. instead of reality. Mm. Which I have, I have been thinking about. It's like, I, I, I do appreciate why people get so anxious when their narratives are challenged. I mean, I... Mm. I've practiced my whole life, and this I'd say this is a gift to be in in Christianity in the time in the world that we are. It's like we have to think about it all the time as as a test. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? Study the scholarship, test your theology, think about the culture. So we don't we don't get to be comfortably Christian, which is good. Hmm. Mom. Right, because we do have to then consider it and choose. See, the the rooster agrees with me. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> and yet, I grew up believing the United States was the good guys. Mm. 
you know, both my, but everybody did. I was, I was actually looking this up saying, um, how, one, I was, I was actually looking at it was like, how many, how many people have died in America's wars since World War II? And, and the first thing you end up seeing is um, just numbers of Americans killed. And apparently most most Americans killed in war were either killed in our Civil War, <laughs> it's very effective, mm -hmm. or in World War II. And for the most part, American military have not died in our wars. I mean, the, the numbers mm -hmm. I was finding is for the, I don't know whether these were accurate, right? But not very many in the, even in the Revolutionary War, right? It's mainly the Civil War, mainly World War II. Um, but what I wanted to know was how many people had died in the wars that America started since World War II. Um, and one number I saw was like 12 million. I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like enough, right? Horrible, yeah. horribly enough, a lot more in, in Korea than I was aware of. And I have, I, in, you know, shame and embarrassment, one of my senior recently retired colleagues in my department, Bruce Cummings has written a lot about Korea. So I guess I need to go read more about Korea now. Um, and the stuff I was finding was citing him and saying, you know, Korea has, Korea has cause we bombed apparently 80% of their cities gone in three years, 1950 to 1953. Hmm. Maybe that could explain a little bit why North Korea has the uh, yeah. position that it does yeah. with the respect to the rest of the world is bombed. It's like the, something like, it was like 80% of their urban development was wiped out in three years by U.S. bombs. I mean, every single time we've gone to war, it's been, you know, we're the good guys. Mm -hmm. Very aware of this because my father was, um, well, my grand so my grandfather was a two-star Air Force general, and his son, my dad, was there for, the reason we were in Albuquerque is because he was doing his residency on the Air Force base. And when he finished his residency mm -hmm. in surgery, he was then stationed at Offutt, which is the Strategic Air Command base in Nebraska. And he went from there to Udorn, Thailand, to serve in one of our um, military hospitals during the Vietnam War. Mm. So he saw the border walls of the empire. He was there. He was there. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, what, so one of the other interesting things I found in looking up statistics today was um, during World War II, something like 10 to 12% of the United States population was involved. So much more of the mm. population aware of the war. It's a tiny, tiny number that are actually in the armed forces now. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're not terrifically militarized. And of course, most of the military is in the South. So the North always gets to hide its attention to what that means. Um, I, th I think we've talked about this, that, what I saw in Apocalypto was a very interesting image, and it wasn't it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the evil of the Aztec sacrifices because I don't think that was what that movie was about. Yeah, it was the way the politicians convince the young men to kill to allow themselves to be killed. Mm. Because if you don't do this, our crops will fail. 
if you don't yeah. if, if and, and 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 the way the men in in the the line i found found that some of my telegram like the way the men on the line of the scaffold to go on to being having their hearts cut out and they're saying die bravely Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same thing was done to Australia. Uh, we had a we had a, a volunteer participation in um, volunteer in World War One. I. I don't think they use, utilized conscription, but they did utilize a lot of propaganda to get everybody to think that they needed to go. Yep. Enormous amounts of propaganda to convince everybody to go and fight in World War One for empire. That propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what do Which what is do it? empires do when their propaganda is starting to look a bit Jim Crack? <laughs> panic. Mm. <laughs> they panic, then they have to figure out another way of keeping the empire together. The story doesn't make it stick together. We're going to figure out another way of making it stick together. Yeah, you know, the the internet is a delightful place because recognizing we, I, th this also came up at BaseCon, right? And I think uh, it was Travis who said it, Travis Corcoran said this, we're living through something as big as the printing press, obviously. But this, yeah. this shattering yeah. of, I was, I was thinking about it in, in the sense of the same way that people in the 16th century had this howl of the clergy has been lying to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's like, that's basically the internet right now. They're lying. <laughs> we can see all of the stories and they're lying. And you start, you know, recognizing that the empire can't sustain its propaganda when everybody mm -hmm. can check the particulars of yep. things. Yep. Yes, it becomes very difficult to get people to volunteer to have their hearts cut out when they no longer see a genuine reason, when they when they don't think that the crops are going to fail if they don't do it. Right. How do you get them to cut their hearts out? Because they don't. And empires need armies to work, to function. Empires need armies on the border. They need armies in a border war. Otherwise, they're not an empire. Right, because the empire is, by definition, domination of other nations. <laughs> yep. Right? yep. Vox is very good on that, right? It's like the, the, the empire yep. means one nation dominating other nations. So you're going to have to have that force. Yep. Yep. And you're going to have to mobilize people with a story because that's how people are mobilized. I mean, I, it's, 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 it's sort of stunning to me that it's taken me obviously actually this long for it all to go ching, 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 ching. Cause I, I taught, mm -hmm. I teach, I've taught for several times, a course on war in the middle ages. And one of the, mm -hmm. one of the lectures that I always was particularly struck by is looking at battle orations, right? There's a, there's some good nice. literature on that. Yeah. And it's like, here they are, William, the, you know, William, the conqueror, you know, in, in the what the the way the chroniclers t talk about how he motivates them all to go, you know, invade England. <laughs> <laughs> Get him. 
<laughs> he's got the you know the papal banner behind him because whatever the english they're not all of this right it's it's constantly this no army goes to war without a speech yep yep they need the speech they need the story they need the reason to be at war and I mean, interestingly, yeah, they, this that you could say this this is a kind of reassuring on the part of human nature. It's like to to rouse men to go to war, you need to convince them that you know their loved ones are under threat. Yep. Yep. Oh, you mean they don't just like running around and hacking people? Apparently they? not. <laughs> they actually rather have. So there's the the great the great drama. It's like we started with saying it's like you know we, do all narratives need conflict? And it's like well you know the great yeah. narratives seem to involve war, and you know, make a lot of movies about that, and you convince everyone that you're mm -hmm. on the good side and you're the good guys. I mean the other great narrative is like love stories, right? Where you make babies and end up with more people, and then you. It's, <laughs> <laughs> which one do we want we want more babies with people love stories let's have love stories but the the motivating rousing epics it's not just monster slaying it's 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 i mean it's i so i wonder about this i do wonder about the psychology of we need the monsters to fight because that makes us valiant but on the other yeah. hand if what you've done is create this monster to rouse your empire into you know dominating other people's markets mm -hmm. well it's very strange because if you create the monster and every empire has a monster the romans had the uh, persians they got to fight them every so often and every so often the persians were obliged by like cutting crassus head off and filling his mouth with gold that was pretty intense <laughs> <laughs> What a way to like get back at a goal. <laughs> Just fill it up. Um, you need the love, you need the romance because without the people behind them, the men really have nothing to fight for. So you need the you need the family, you need the people plus the monster. Yeah. Well, it's strange now because the empire that we're living in it's confused <laughs> it has no romance there's no family creation because we're uh, encouraging st sterility so young men don't have anything to protect from a monster and now we've got a problem where we don't even know what the monster is they found some <laughs> aliens in, in 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 mexico yesterday didn't you see oh did unbox they? them and everything yes well, they paper mache it Paper mache. I mean, you know, they didn't seem very monstrous. And then yeah. everyone said he's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> you should smack them a couple of times and see if some candy falls out. <laughs> yes, pinata, pinata aliens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and so this, I the mean, this fits with the, this fits with our based con, you know, the theme too, because so much sci-fi and fantasy is about you know monsters to fight. Right. It's, mm -hmm. I, I noticed this when we, we at, the, at the beginning of the, the weekend on Friday night, we all got to to read a little bit of, you know, sample of our storytelling. And of course, from Aurora Borealis, I read the part when the panda gets grabbed by the griffin. And I'm like, wait, I'm doing what everybody's doing. I'm beating the monster. <laughs> yeah. Our monster is, of course, yep. a good monster. But um, that most of the people's their their story selections included the 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 frightening bit where the monster comes and eats you so 
Here we are. We're always, you know, I get it. You know, mammoth, mammoth battles, whatever. <laughs> fight the, fight the saber-toothed tiger. We we do seem to be magnificently motivated by monsters, but war seems to only thrive on insisting that there's the monster, go kill it. Mm-hmm. And it's usually it's other human beings. Other human beings, and then ideologies ideologies become monsters well they're they're useful as as monsters because you can't you can Mm. they don't seem like human beings they seem to Mm. possess the human beings that you then kill and by killing the the human beings they're the monsters you're killing the monsters let's bomb a lot of north koreans because they're the monsters wait yep um yeah, or invade Vietnam because there's a communist monster roaming around or, you know, for Australia, it was kill the bull. Mm-hmm. Kill the bull. Yep. Uh, the, 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 the boys marched off when they were still colonial subjects to go and kill some bulls. Why? Because there was a monster there. It's pretty interesting that we're able to see that most of these monsters are confected. Yep. Think there are any real monsters out there? Sure. Well, no, I mean like ones that we've been motivated to go to war against. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's think. What are the monsters that we've been motivated to go to war against in the last little while? Including our two world race wars. Um, Saddam Hussein. Yep. Osama bin Laden. He was a pretty tricky monster, very hard to pin down. Especially since he spent so much time on dialysis. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time watching September 11th discussions the past few days. That was, oh, that was you know, good, well-constructed monster. Oh yeah, that was a very well, very well, uh, well coordinated one. Uh, Gaddafi, he was another mm, one. Mm. A lot of them have turbans, you know, since the nineties. Because um, they come from these backwaters, right? Yeah. Not the center of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all just a desert. It's not. Uh, it's not the the cradle of civilization. No, just <laughs> backwaters. <laughs> Um, who else have we had as a monster? Can't think. There's a big one. Darth Vader. <clears throat> Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Which you'd think there's a, there's a kind of big tell in that one, recognizing that you know they're mm. all descended from him. He's yeah. in fact their father. The ultimate bad guy. Uh, uh, can't think. Would he be? Would he be European by any chance? Churchill. Wait. No, wait. He's gay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, according to the Daily Mail, probably gay. <laughs> um, Franco in Spain. Um, I'm not sure no? about him. I, 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 so I had um. 
one of my students who writing in the writing Christian poetry talked about how her her grandparents were um I mean her grandfather was put in prison and her grandmother had to flee because they were Catholic. Mm. I'm not sure that was mm. Franco doing that. That's a bit confusing. Okay. Um I'm sure that you know the communists. They're evil, right? We can we can just apparently yes. Stalin was Stalin was say, pretty yeah. bad. Wait, Castro. Were we were we allied with him for a bit in yes. World War Two. Yes, that's confusing. It is. The alliances change sometimes depending on. Okay, so I clearly so I did look up Genghis Khan. Apparently, millions of people died because of Genghis Khan. There's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Although we all see, we all seem to enjoy that Who song about him. Yes. <laughs> okay. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's like you nationalism of the Khan. You've murdered like according uh, forty million to six. They don't even know how many millions of people died when in Genghis no. Khan's expansion, right? But now we get you know the Who. I can almost hear the song, right? Uve Uve Uve, right? Yeah. I, I've listened to that way too many times. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so that that's funny. kind of you know it's like I and there was also some like Mongolian uh election election music that the the who did for their new guy president and they're riding around in this it was like a swastika a swastika shaped horse oh, formation yeah. do you remember that video uh -huh. that was interesting mm -hmm. yeah yeah the Mongolians they like that symbol interesting yeah. I've got a picture on my channel of an old Mongolian uh, aristocracy, uh, aristocrat, uh, a woman in this beautiful outfit. And funnily enough, Star Wars uh, based. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The queen, you know, what's her face with the white face makeup? Uh, is it Amidala? I don't I know. I, I don't, as far as I know, I'm there's, only three, there's only three movies. I don't know what else you're talking about. Oh, okay. So it's one of the new ones. All right, good. No, I don't know. New ones? They're is. newer but ones? They based... Blotted yeah. from my memory. Whoa. <laughs> well, they based the costume of this queen in Star Wars off this Mongolian queen. Yeah, I do think I saw that one. Wearing yeah. the same makeup and then on her dress. Funnily enough, lots of swastikas on that dress. Huh. But they didn't include that in Star Wars. I think they had to pluck Okay, so Genghis Khan is clearly the bad guy. Against Asian religious expression or something. I'm not hmm. sure. <laughs> Mongolian traditions are a bit of a hot topic. <laughs> well, it is it is why people get mad at Tolkien, right? Because it, because the orcs seem to have a, a kind of Genghis Khan sort of character to them and their relentless ability to slaughter. <laughs> mhm. Mm but 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 the yep. Genghis Khan is a good guy anyway, right? Cuz he's not white. Is he? I don't know. I've lost track of all these categories. <laughs> we're trying so it's like there there there's narratives that people are i mean the europe was pretty worried about the mongols although at, 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 they were also trying to like ally mm. themselves with the mongols against islam at some point which is why william of rupert goes to karakoram to talk to mongu khan and has that great religious mm. debate between him and the Buddhist and the Muslim in front of the emperor mm -hmm. uh, to the Khan and, and the Khan sort of sends them all back home. <laughs> He's not impressed with any of them. Although the, Mongo, the Mongols in Baghdad do actually convert to Islam at some point. I lost track. And then some other ones of them end up 
the golden horde ends up in 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 Russia, right? So mm-hmm. maybe when we're maybe the Ukrainian Russian competition is actually the Mongols versus the no wait. So it it is interesting how all of these stories of historical conflicts turn into a situation where both sides are are, are vilifying the other with um, mm-hmm. atrocities. Yep. And 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 then it and you know within the moment of the war, it's considered horrific to admit that your side's doing it too. Like saying mm. that the enemy deserves killing because they're the most evil, evil well, of evil. Wouldn't that, well, that would break the uh, the motivation for your troops, for your border war soldiers to continue doing what they're doing. If you start talking about things that are going to demotivate them <laughs> by pointing out their own horrendous atrocities. I th- I think we I I think we need to stick with the sci-fi monster villains, right? The alien, the actual mm-hmm. aliens. They're always bugs. Do you notice that? It's it. Oh yeah, it, the insects. Ex- except except for in Nausicaa yeah. of the Four Winds or whatever. It's a Japanese, very famous Japanese um, comic where she's friends with the bugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part i've noticed this right and in, in sci-fi it's like ender's game or well ender's game is complicated or um you know the buggies right it, we're, we're good we can fight them if they're bugs yeah they're only bugs they need to be crushed i don't know i i, I feel like there's one there's something missing and we're not we're not saying it yet Another monster, another historical monster. The Mussolini? He made the trains run on time and had Time magazine exposés of him in the in the thirties. I'm gonna get to, I'm teaching Eurosiv again this year. And you know, mm-hmm. when we do Mussolini, you have to look at how many times he was praised by people like Will Rogers and and um FDR. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure yeah, he counts like... as absolute villain. Okay. Okay. So who is absolutely the most absolute villain of all time? Satan. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't think we're gonna figure figure this out tonight. But I did do this. I did do this tweet today, saying so, something mm-hmm. along the lines of like, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be wonderful if the people that you've been taught were the most awful, awful of awful? I didn't quite say it that way. It, that that this it turns out that the things that have been attributed to them didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. It would. I'm sure that never happens. I mean, it the Inquisition, for example, right? They killed millions and millions and millions of people, right? The Spanish Inquisition. Well, that's what the story is. Killed millions says. and millions and millions and millions of people. Yes. Or only like a few thousand over 350 years. I'm not sure which is true. <laughs> they They kept really <laughs> good records. 
Mm -hmm. And apparently, so they kept according to the records, it was a few thousand people. <laughs> Fewer people okay. died in the Spanish Inquisition over 350 years than died on November on September 11th, 2001. Wow. Wait, so we can't hate the Spanish anymore? Apparently not. The Aztecs. I'm, that's it. The Aztecs were definitely pretty bad. They they did sacrifice yeah, mountains and mountains. People don't worry about the Aztecs, do they? Well, except for the ones that have been trained by the CIA and are now MS-13. No, wait. Shh. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think I'm a little worried that, that we're going to learn that the United States has killed millions of people. Would yeah. that make us the bad guys? Because mm -hmm. don't, but we did it for democracy. Yeah. Apparently. It's a good thing it worked in Vietnam since they're communists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. North Korea has nuclear weapons. That that was good. That that's yeah. good for them. Um I don't know. I you know this 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 narrative stuff is really challenging. Well, it's difficult because if who you're has used to the conch? Around... I, I mean, yeah. it is interesting. That Lord of Flies yeah. was, in fact, a critique of the war itself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not one side or the other. Yeah. Well, that was the behavior of of uh, of everybody, wasn't mm. it? It was power. It was the conch? Yep. It was. It was pure imperial power. And what do you need to do? You need to make sure everybody stays in that conch frenzy. Mm. They have to. They have to be pointing their guns at an enemy that's the most evil, absolutely ever, without any self criticism whatsoever. Or else the guns, they won't stay pointed. They get put down, or they get turned into a different direction. So. Mm. Lord of the Flies is about World War Two, so what's going on in all of these comp competing imperial powers during World War Two? They... What monster are they told they need to be rallied to fight? Well, clearly each other. Wait. Mm. Hmm. Wonder what people are going to do when they find out these stories were a bit different. Fat says six million by abortion alone. Well, yes. Mm. In which country? I think that's the United States. Hmm. I don't, I don't so think people like feeling like they're the bad guys. I bet there's going to be some more cancellations if, if we talk about this. Oh, definitely. Because we point to people as sinners. People don't like that. Mm. Well, the empires become idols, don't they? Yes. 
And you cannot criticize the idol. Ironically. Mm. Which I just like, ironically, all of the cancellations that have been happening over the last six, 10 years have all been around the idols. Yep. The same idols. How interesting. Mm. And, and this is, this is, this is, I think, a, 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 an interesting thought to bring into this. How do we stop it? The cancellation. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. I, I, I first, uh, came to the experience, the cancellation conch fever, mm. uh, returning, returning from, uh, from Africa and talking to people here, you know, after they, uh, they caught the fever, mm. they caught the conch fever and then putting my foot in my mouth by, uh, saying that it was African nationalists that were the original anti-fascist. <laughs> and, and, and what happened? That, that in fact running around and calling everyone including me a fascist was weird <laughs> because uh because it was african nationalists which were that with the original anti-fascists in fact uh the orthodox people of africa were profoundly anti-fascist and also uh anti-nazi uh, what happened to me when i said mm. this i got i got cancelled uh i got deplatformed from uh, my my entire social circle at the time. Really? Wow. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But why? Because you were saying people were, were fighting fascism. Um. But that's good, right? To I fight mean, fascism. On black. Well, apparently we're supposed to be fighting fascism. So I, it didn't make any sense to me why why I was cancelled for saying this until later. Took me a long time to figure it out. I was saying something contrary to the narrative. Of the good guy who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. What I'm I'm so tie this into where we started with the, the kinds of cancellations that I was getting at the beginning saying mm -hmm. you know that the university of chicago was going to be a place where we could talk about things that were difficult when no space trigger warnings and stuff i mm -hmm. i do i mean obviously you guys we 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 know where we're going on this but we need to help you all think it through um or maybe not tonight that like why people are explosive right now is because as we've we've been watching the american empire is losing its um, threat ability on the rest of the world, yes. quite bluntly. Um, I, I was horrified. Yeah. I was actually horrified to find out how many, how I, you know, how did I not know how extensive the bombing in North Korea had been until today? That that's, that's bad. Um, you know, that I was aware of what happened in Vietnam and been aware of the degree to which the United States has carried on these border wars of our maritime empire during my lifetime. Um, I am ashamed right now to realize what we've been doing. I mean, I've been ashamed for some time, but this was, this was shameful to read 
and to recognize how truly the United States had been doing this with these excuses for longer than I've been alive. Hmm. Um, I mean, I am moderately proud of the fact that back in the day when moveon.org was, was protesting Mr. Bush's war, I did support them then. I get, I still get texts from them now for other things. Get rid of Trump. <laughs> like Trump didn't start wars. I think you're missing the, yeah. I think, I think, and this is what's been interesting. It's like how people who were against the war in Iraq are now for the people who are prosecuting yes. the same style of war in another context. It's like, it's interesting how hard it is mm -hmm. to stay focused so that you don't get caught in the next narrative. Empires are very, empires mm. are very slippery this way, right? To being able to, to, mm. to, to recalibrate and direct the, the, the hate, like just like in 1984, right? Oh, we were always at war with Oceania. No, now we're at war with Eurasia. No, now we're at war with who knows. But always that, that direction yes. of the hate, right? Make sure you must be hating what the empire tells you. Mm. Yes. And I mean, I think that's what I realized I was, you know, it was Mr. Trump's rally, but realizing that that's what I was seeing. It's like those planes flying over Mount Rushmore. Can't see in the same way anymore. Hmm. Well, and it's it's in, the, it's interesting that the all this cancel culture started st stuff started back in 2015. It was like okay, so we did the color revolution in 2014, which my colleague John Mearsheimer has talked about. It's it's like it's been happening all along. That it, it's like we've mm -hmm. and I realize now we are in the breakup of this particular narrative. And so it's like, we've been living through all of these fractures so that all of yes. the cancellation culture, it's like hysteria around that feeling of our, I mean, we've known we weren't the good guys for some time, but now everybody is kind of aware of it. And then casting around saying, but then who is, we don't know. Mm. We know it's Christ, but. Oh yeah. But the, Absolute the, panic. Utter panic. Realizing that, yeah, I mean, it's absolute panic, because if you're realizing that your empire wasn't the good guy, then suddenly you're scrambling to find someone yes. to blame. Well, who was it that made it right. not good? Who are the ones that are uh, responsible for this, this horrendous empire that's been running around and doing what it's doing? Uh, and then there's this mad clamber for finding the scapegoats, finding the people that you can uh, place a burden of uh, imperial crimes mm -hmm. on <laughs> yeah? and that and then you get the cancel culture because of course no one can deal with the the magnitude of imperial crime yep. that we would need to realize without scapegoating all the canceled people are just little scapegoats for this because the uh the imperial crimes are too much for most people to handle that's it yep yep so you say the wrong thing even though it's perfectly logical, like what I said with the African nationalists were the original anti-fascists, this is correct. This is the beginning of World War II before it had been formally declared when fascist Italy invaded the Imperial Ethiopia mm -hmm. and they used chemical weapons against them. Gas, right. in fact, to genocide the Ethiopians. 
but this is never discussed in the narrative of the Western powers. I find very, very interesting uh, that the, you know, it was chemical warfare there against a Christian country, mm-hmm. an ancient Christian country, an ancient Hebrew Christian country, never discussed when it comes to World War Two. But the outcome was interesting also that after World War Two finished, many Italians that had fought on the fascist side were invited to stay mm. in the country because the emperor specifically invited them to stay and told the Ethiopians to extend mercy that Christ had extended to us, spirit of tolerance for our enemies and forgiveness, where we were able to make truce and make peace, uh, you know. So uh, many of the former fascist soldiers <laughs> ended up marrying the Ethiopians that they were fighting against and having children with them. I think this is a very, very beautiful thing to kind of uh, look at. And only, um, uh, you know, only an alt history approach to that war would be able to to show these kinds of things because the West is not interested in these stories. The West wanted perpetual warfare. The West got stuck in World War Two that it never got out of. The American Empire running on perpetual warfare. And the Ethiopian story was completely forgotten. Say it again, how they got out. Through Christ. How the Ethiopians got out. Through Christ. Through Christ. Yes. Through Christ. Yeah. Which explains why every time we say we need to look at Christ, the empire gets mad. Mm. Yeah. It's that simple. <laughs> mm. This is what I was thinking. It's like, what's the way out? It's Christ. Christ is the one at the center of the story, the defeat, the one who defeats the Roman empire and its tyranny and brutality. Mm -hmm. Yes. The one who will defeat our empire and our tyranny and brutality. It's only Christ. Mm. And that, yes, That is why when we say it out loud, the forces of empire rage at us. Mm -hmm. We must stay in Christ. Politics dissolves at the altar. Under the cross. Mm. Yep. I think we stop there for now. Okay. <laughs> We're going to continue to teach. One day we'll tell you about Theophilus, but not until we get to there. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think this is, this is hopefully instructive for what's coming. Cause it's still going to come. We haven't here in the mosaic arc, but also I think in our culture, we haven't unpeeled all the layers yet. And there's going to mm. be more trauma exposed and you know the, the more we it's like the the, the plane with the, tonight saying look we've been through all of these layers can you even remember any of them anymore and the academic freedom wars and the and the covid wars and the social media wars mm-hmm. and the it's all conch wars yep and we are i i do keep it's like i i this was this was my thought when i was on this cancel this cancel panel and it's like okay why do i keep ending up in these why is there another one? <laughs> What's the next layer, you know, onion like that's going to hit, that's mm-hmm. going to hit. And I, I certainly did not know that 
at, you know, in 2015 with Three Cheers for White Men that I would still be in this cancel, you know, mm. frame, right? And, and and indeed, it's not been, it, it, it's never been the same year from year to year. That each time mm. it turns into a new, a, a new battle mm. that clearly somehow is the same still, but doesn't look, doesn't look the same from, from year to mm. year. Doesn't the, 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 the boogeymen seem to shift the, the players are changing the, the sort of thing that I've said that I've, I've, I've talked about enough over here is not an answer to, to that one over there. Yeah. And what I've been meditating on is it's like it it is the way Vox and 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 um, EMJ have been talking. It's like we're in we're watching the collapse of our empire, and it yeah. it's in this this kind of um its own horror of mm. recognizing that nothing's nothing's fixed anymore. All of the rules that it thought it was going to continue to be able to live by our failing mm. yeah the social game the rules are the rules are being uh, stripped out of the social game now the social game of the empire the the myths that kept everything running are dissolving right and it's not being replaced with anything so what what is what is happening with the the cancellation is this uh tribal scapegoating that's happening where everybody can feel the the tension and the terror of having a mythological collapse and having all the rules dissolved and they have to find someone to blame they have to find someone to uh place the responsibility of their their own the chaos on uh, and and that's what we're all living in because if you say the wrong thing about anything, mm -hmm. who knows what it is? You're playing a uh, minesweeper. Bang! You land on the wrong square, and suddenly you're responsible for everything that ever happened that's wrong with Western civilization. Right, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, all of it. There's there is no peace. It's all or nothing now. That's the tension that we're living under. Oh man, it's intense. It really it's is. Intense. It is. Yeah. And this yeah. day to day to day to day, when is what is it going to be next? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, well, here's the answer. Refuse the conch. <laughs> but we do have to take responsibility for care. Oh, it's like, but make art. How's that? We, we do have to continue to cultivate. And I say like, Culture means worship, right? We have to be in right worship. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, if you if you see your empire as sacred, then you're going to go insane when the empire dissolves. If you can tell the difference between the sacred and the profane things, and you see an empire as a profane thing, then you won't go insane when it dissolves because the sacred things will remain. That's well said. Let's stop there. Okay. <laughs> you guys stick with us. We're going to keep working on this one to help you get through the horror. Cause we know it's still coming.
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>